0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to Figures of Sport. It's Brandon and Satchel here, and um, you know we're we're glad to be back on the podcast.
1: Yeah, ready to go, ready to get going. There's a, a lot of stuff to be covering uh, that we'll cover today. So uh, just excited. make so. yeah,
0: make sure you uh, stay tuned because we're gonna keep coming. Um, you know, we're back now. We're gonna be kicking things. You know, uh, we're gonna get get things back. You know, uh, to how they used to be with the content and uh, you know how frequently we post. Um, I mean, really, it was just working full time, kind of really limited our ability to really give out the content we want. So you know, now that we're back, uh, we settle down and, and let's jump right in. So mm-hmm. uh, the first thing we're going to talk about um, before we talk about any sports is we're going to talk about um, you know the boycotting. Uh, the Bucks started uh, everything off really with them boycotting game five of their matchup with the Orlando Magic in response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha um That led to multiple NBA teams boycotting the rest of the games on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the Clippers and Lakers actually voted to end the season um, but after discussion, you know the season will resume this weekend and as we are currently recording it we uh, you know once we get into the the numbers we'll we'll talk about the updated scores because this is after the first game uh, was played uh, after resuming the season again. So um what were your thoughts on that that whole uh, you know the boycotting and and that whole, the protest with the players.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it needed to be done. Uh, I, I think the NBA, NBA teams and players have done a great job, uh, especially recently with everything like transpired with, you know, the whole black lives matter movement. And then this after the Jacob Blake shooting, uh, it's just kind of refreshing to know that like these players actually take pride, not, not only just basketball, but, uh, you know, that they're willing to make a statement like a public statement, um, you know, with the platform that they're that they have been given, so uh, it was really really cool to see other other leagues uh, follow suit with the Bucks. Uh, you know, you see you see uh, uh, the Brewers and the MLB. They decided to uh, postpone their game, and then led to the NHL playoffs getting postponed too. So yeah, and I mean, we're
0: we're cool. we're gonna actually talk a little bit more about you know the MLB and the NHL uh, in a bit. You know, and and their Situations with the protests, um, but you know, I like I like you said, I think that it did need to be done. You know, I thought that um, it was necessary. You know, the players, uh, they they really kind of have taken this moment. You know, the younger players too, especially I believe um, these guys. They they're gonna be in the league for a while, and and they want to see change. You know, so it's um, I'm actually glad that we're seeing a lot of leadership from the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the older guys, younger guys coming together and really kind of just actually trying to make a change, um, you know, it's really nice to see. And the players are starting to hold the owners accountable. That's what they said in the meetings. Uh, you know, they want some some stuff to be done. Uh, you know, these the owners, we got to remember, too, the owners are guys with a lot of power, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of pull, you know. Although it's the sports world, um, you know, money makes the world go wrong. And these mm-hmm. guys have a lot of that, you know. So they, they have – definitely they have pull. And I think that, you know, after hearing what the players had to say – um, this is really going to be something helpful for them, uh, you know, with, with everything going on. So, um, but let's dive in, you know, back into NBA action. So in the West, the Lakers, at the time we wrote this, the Lakers led the Blazers 3-1 in the first round, uh, and Lillard left the bubble with a knee injury and will not play in game five or did not play in game five. The Lakers ended up closing out that series, uh, last night, um, and they are going to now be facing the the winner of the, it's I believe they play four or five right, so they yeah. they're going to be playing I believe I the it's winner, winner of Rockets Thunder. Yeah, winner of Rockets Thunder. And what were your thoughts on that series? Um, well, I mean, after after the Blazers took the first
1: game, I kind of thought that they'd have a shot in the series, but uh, you know the Lakers ultimately are the better better team, and so uh, not not surprised that they were able to bounce back and take four in a row. But um, it it was too bad to see Dame go down like that. I mean, yeah. I mean he's. I, I think I think personally I think he's the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah. Um and you know, he's just been going off in the bubble. So uh too bad that he got hurt, but yeah, Lakers
0: prevailed. Yeah, I mean, were you really worried, um, for the Lakers? I wasn't really worried. I I, I mean Because you I know, you can, heard understand. a lot of people you heard a lot of people talking about, you know, after the Blazers winning game one that yeah. this could be, you know, a sweep in the Lake I mean in the in the Blazers' favor, or, you know, it's it's gonna go Uh, However many games, but it's still going to swing the Blazers' way. Personally, I never – listen, I love Dame. I think Dame is, like you said, the best point guard in the league. Um, I just don't necessarily think that the Blazers' squad as a whole uh, was going to really be able to compete with, you know, the Lakers. I think um, they're really good. They're really talented. But I think they still need another piece or two um, to really kind of have given them a real uh, seven-game battle. Oh, Um, yeah, definitely. But now – do you think the Lakers win their next matchup?
1: Um, because Rockets, it, it's Thunder's turning like out Rockets, to a really good s- series. Yeah, it is, and I think the Rockets will be able to. Uh, I don't know if it'll go seven, very possible, but the Thunder looked flat, super flat in the in their uh, that game uh, five or game yeah, six. But, uh, game, oh yeah, game five, game five, game five that five. they played. Yeah, to take to, to take uh, the three two lead. But yeah, um, I I could see yes, I I think the Lakers will beat. I think the Rockets will advance. I think the Lakers beat the Rockets.
0: Okay. All right. So. Um, I was going to say the same. I mean, I think, you know, now that they got Russ back, I think now you kind of really have to put the Rockets uh, just that much ahead of the the Thunder. Mm -hmm. Thunder are a really good team, sound team. Uh, They do a lot of good things uh, as a whole. But I think, you know, just the star power from Harden and and Russ is just too much sometimes. Um, But at the same time, I think it might not be enough for the Lakers. That's the only thing. You know, I think that... um, Harden tends to put up, you know, some some shots he shouldn't. Uh, Russ has kind of settled down on that. You know, he stopped taking a lot of three-pointers this season. Uh, He's kind of adjusted his shot chart. Um, I just don't know if I really can see them beating the Lakers now. You know, they still do have to get past the Thunder. um, But, I mean, I I think after seeing how they came out in Game 5, the Thunder, uh, I just don't see them really kind of extending this seven um, personally. But we'll see. You know, we have... We have, uh, I think they play tomorrow night, Monday night. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how that game goes. Um, now, what were your thoughts on the Jazz and the Nuggets? Um, to be honest, I I really haven't like watched
1: that many games in that series. Uh, but I think, I mean, what's impressed me about the, about, about that series is got to be Jamal Murray and like the numbers that he's been putting up. I mean. He looks legit. He looks he looks like a superstar. Like the ways he's been able to score and just the confidence in his shot that he's shown throughout the series has been really impressive to me. Um, and I think the Nuggets, like on paper, it looked, to me. I feel like the Nuggets are, are the better team, but I feel like the Jazz are a little have, have uh, you know they got that veteran leadership and I feel like their chemistry is a little hot, uh, better than the Nuggets. So uh, Donovan Mitchell's also been going crazy. Uh, Rudy Gobert's put up a couple good games and. You know they got the knockdown shooting from Bogdanovich, and uh, so yeah. I mean, the Nuggets also do have a lot of young guys like uh, uh, Porter. Michael Porter Jr., yeah. who's kind of still kind of new. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a rookie, he's new in the NBA. Yeah, he's but I mean, the
0: he he was a uh, he was having a really good uh, time in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, no, he he's he's been had been playing well. He had a really uh, you know a nice coming out uh, type of uh, party really mm-hmm. in the bubble. You know, he he I believe his scoring output increased from uh i believe it was like 10 or 11 points to about 20 yeah um upwards of 20 points a game and he's coming off the bench too yeah he's coming off the bench and he uh you know at some point i believe their head coach had said you know this is a guy that we're going to keep in late game you know he, he's a guy that can you know do some damage for us you know and that uh game six is going to be played tonight sunday night um and this is, you know, a closeout opportunity for the Jazz. Do you think that they capitalize on that and they take the the series, or do I we do. see a seven game series? I
1: think it ends. I think it'll end tonight. I think the Jazz uh, close it out. Jazz close it out, and then they'd uh, face the winner of the Clippers series. Yeah, so, I believe so. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, and I, I really think that you know when it comes to like you had said, Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray is. Um, I think he's having an absolutely great, you know, series. Yeah. I mean, the the Nuggets themselves are struggling a bit, but um, I just think Jamal Murray. This is this was the time. I mean, Jamal Murray. Uh, I believe he got a big contract, and you know, and I, I think that it was time that he really kind of lived up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been good. They've they've kind of kept him and kind of made him a pivotal piece of that team next to Jokic. Um, I think that it was about time that he, you know, kind of came out and really showed what what he can do, you know, mm-hmm. he's a good player, uh, don't get me wrong, but I think he's a guy that, after what we saw, I think he's a guy that we can expect like a 20-7, 20-8, maybe more type of yeah. season from him, you know, so his shooting has been off the charts, uh, his shot selection has been off the charts, he's been making some crazy plays to yeah. drive into the hole, so um, I just think that it's going to be an overall, it's going to be a good game six, you know, yeah, I'm excited, definitely. That's that's at this point that's really all I want to see, it's mm-hmm. just an exciting game six. But I think so far the best series uh, in the playoffs has to has to be the Clippers and the Mavericks. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what are your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, I mean that series has been back and forth. Like, I mean, a lot star-studded series. You know, both yeah. sides with Kawhi and Kawhi and Luca going at it, and uh, it's just been like high scoring, just a lot of shot making, just fun to watch, super exciting. So I think by far that's been the best series. Borzingis is out uh, for the rest of it, so yeah. uh, that'll definitely uh, kind of you know make it not as fun to watch, and it'll give the Clippers an obvious edge, and I think they win their uh, game six. Unfortunately, advance, you know, and, yeah, I, I, it's too bad. I'm not gonna same lie. same thing they like, had like that happen with Dame, you
0: know. Yeah, like, you know, I really kind of you know, especially more so in this series than with the Blazers, just because I really felt that the Lakers were gonna overpower the Blazers in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they do a lot of good things, but I just thought that overall, I think um, the Lakers are going to have a better team for yeah. the jump. Uh, now, the Clippers and the Ma- the Mavs, I really, really wanted, I'll be completely honest with you, I really wanted to see the Mavericks win. Yeah. Um, I think Luka, you know, that first game, that second game, you know, third game, I mean, he's having an unbelievable series. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he got a little banged up in one of the early on games, you know, but he still came out and played. Um you know, and then that whole thing with, you know, uh, Montrezl Harrell, um, I, I, I love the grittiness of that matchup, you know, it was a really good matchup, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, and not to mention the fact that, you know, they've been missing a lot of good play from Paul George. Yeah, oh you know? yeah, George um, has been struggling. You know, going around on Twitter, they said, it's, you know, he went from playoff P to pandemic P, Yeah. you know, and I, I think it was kind of funny, you know, I'm glad he broke out of it, yeah. um, he had a good game five, but... I really want to see how he does in game six. You know, this is, you know, people have been kind of on him the entire time in the bubble. Um, and he said he, you know, he wasn't in the right place. So, you know, you hope everything's okay uh, mm-hmm. there. But, I, I, I mean, I, I really want to see how he bounces back this game. You know, this is this is a closeout game, not only for the, you know, for him, but, you know, for the Clippers as a whole. And then, you know, with Luka, you know Luka's not going to go down quietly. So, Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, who do you have? Do you think the Clippers close out, or do you think Luka forces a game seven?
1: I think the Clips close out. I think the, I, especially with Paul George bouncing back in the last game they played, uh, they're just a better team. You know, they've yeah, got more, they've they got do. more guys, yeah. deeper. Um, yeah, I think you know, obviously Kawhi's going to do his thing, and uh, might be might be close, but I don't really see the Mavs pushing a game seven.
0: I'm going to say Luka drops a 35 point triple double, and they pull it off. Okay, um, and they win by it less than five points. That's what I'm going to say today. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Luka's going to go... I think Luka's going to have one of the best games of the playoffs uh, that he's had, You know, personally. That's what I think today. I think you know he's going to force a Game 7. I really do. I think the Mavs are a good team, and they're a scrappy enough team to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, will it happen? Um, I'd hope so, just because that would make my prediction, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, I just think that Luka's going to go off today, and I think... It's going to be a really good matchup. And overall, I mean, I can't really complain at, at any of the matchups we could possibly see. I mean, if we oh, yeah, see no. um, Clippers and, or, you know, the winner of the Clippers Mavericks series playing the Jazz Nuggets, you know, the winner of that series, I, I think that's going to be a good matchup. I think Rockets, uh, if they close out, or even Thunder, if they, you know, end up, clo- you know, winning things, coming back, playing the Lakers, I think that's going to be a really good matchup, too, you know. So I think. Wherever, wherever you look really in that western conference second round possible matchup matchups i think it's going to be really good yeah you know i think this is going to be one of the better playoff series you know that we've seen in a while it's exciting and it's been so
1: competitive exactly and, um, it's just it's refreshing you know as like sports fans like yeah you know like we all are and uh yeah the play the play has been off the charts i mean guys, guys are dropping, guys are going crazy, like, you yeah. no fans, and, it, I mean, it's been competitive, if yeah. you look at the Harold, uh, Luca stuff that, that, that happened, uh, recently, but also, going off that, um, it shows a lot, a lot of character, and, like, a lot of professionalism, how they were able to, uh, apologize to each other yeah. the next, the next day, or yeah. whatever it was. And I, I
0: definitely like seeing that Yeah, that's you know, apologize i mean because he did say something he probably shouldn't have yeah um and it was caught on tv Mm -hmm. you know and then it was trending on social media so i mean when you see something like that um he said no one told him i I don't think anyone did either i just think you know um i think he kind of saw that video and was like man i probably shouldn't have said that um you know so i think he did the right thing though Mm -hmm. but you know a lot of professionalism um these guys just want to win you know and and they're hungry so you you can't really be uh, too upset sometimes in in the heat of the moment uh, about yeah. things that happen. But, you know, overall, it's going to be a great matchup. And now in the East, the East is where I'm really excited. And that's because I've been saying this team has been my sleeper all season long. Uh, Miami Miami swept the Pacers in the first round. We had that whole uh, pl- bubble T.J. Warren yeah. in the first few games. Uh, and then that kind of failed to really... Happen in the you know in the playoffs. We didn't really see much from the Pacers. They kind of really came out flat in each of the games. I mean they were competitive, but um, the Heat were just too much for them mm-hmm. in most cases. Yeah. Um, you know with the postponements, the Bucks like I said, uh, they missed Game Five or they postponed Game Five. Um, but they ended up closing that series out yesterday uh, on Saturday against the Magic. So they will be facing the Heat in the second round of the playoffs. That like I said. I think the Heat got this. You know, I was talking to Satch earlier. I think the Heat, I really think the Heat can do it. If I'm not mistaken, they won two out of the three regular season matchups. Um, and the Heat guard Giannis really, really well. Yeah. Um, you know, they have guys like Andre Iguodala, who's smaller, but versatile defensively. Uh, Jay Crowder, Bam out of bio. He's a guy that they put on Giannis, and Giannis tends to have some trouble against him. Um, I really like seeing that, you know, that matchup. It's going to be fun. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think out of any team in the NBA, I think the Heat match up with the Bucks the best just because of how deep they are. They're the deepest team in the league. Uh, they got a bunch of guys they can throw. Like if if, if Bam's guarding Giannis or, uh, and like that's not working out, they can throw you know a bunch of other guys at him. And, yeah, I mean, you can only hope to contain him. You can't really stop Giannis, which we all know. Uh, but I think that series will be good. Um, and, yeah, I mean... It's gonna be a good series. It's gonna be a good series. Both teams have firepower. It's kinda I feel like it's kinda de- gonna depend on how well Middleton will play. Um you know, Middleton can go off. I mean, he's a great shooter. They he's like Bledsoe too. They got a lot of a lot of good guys surrounding Giannis, so uh yeah, we'll see. They the Bucks the Bucks in years past they've uh, they've kind of been known to choke kind of in this in this uh like level playoff. Like the Eastern Conference semis is usually when uh, they go down, so we'll see if they can kind of push through and make it
0: to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so against the Heat, uh, Giannis is ten you know, he tends to have um, kind of some bad games. I mean, in the the Heat's two wins, uh, Giannis was limited to uh, 29 points in the first game and under 20 points in the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I really think that was something you know that we got to see, and I, I was really surprised at that. Um, in that win, though, they won. They ended up winning uh, in the bubble, uh, 130 to 116. Giannis and Middleton each both had 33. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good game for him. But, you know, like I said, in the other two games, uh, he dropped under 30, uh, 29 in, in the first game, and under 20 in that second game. So, um, you know, Giannis struggles a little bit against them. So mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, I think that if they force him to take a lot of outside shots, um, something That's... that Giannis is still. Has to get better at doing. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that, yeah, that's, that's you, the key. That's the key. That's, that's the key. If you limit Giannis, uh, here's the thing. you're Like you said, you're not going to contain him. But if you can slow him down enough to really have to force guys, you know, like Eric Bledsoe, um, Chris Middleton, those type of guys to, to, to beat you, mm-hmm. I think that he'd have a chance. Yeah. Um, out of any team in this Eastern Conference, um, I really think that the Heat – are probably gonna be able to match up the best with them and give them the the best matchup. Yeah and I think I mean I
1: think the biggest thing for the heat is gonna be the three ball. Yeah. With I mean they got Duncan Robinson and Hero and two snipers. Yeah Goran Dragic Dragic doesn't miss. I feel like Dragic I've never watched him miss before. I feel like he's automatic.
0: He's 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 really good. You know I think he's he's a great veteran. I think I, I just think I love that Heat team just because of the way they are yeah like their personality they're just a grit and grind coached type of well they're
1: coached very well you
0: know and, and, and from the top to the bottom I mean you got remember they're ran by Pat Riley you know Pat Riley keeps things in very much in check in Miami yeah know? so he does things really nicely over there and, and, and Jimmy Butler is really kind of fit exceptionally well into that team um, I, I really didn't anticipate them to be this good. This quickly, you know, I, I thought maybe give him a year or so, um, kind of let Butler work with these, uh, you know, the guys like Hero and Kendrick Nunn and, and, you know, the rookies just to kind of get acclimated with each other, but they, they hit the ground running and yeah. I'm excited to see that. I yeah. think it's going to be one of the better matchups in the playoffs that we've seen so far. I do too. I do
1: too. I think, uh, I think that that'll be, I think that series will be more interesting than the Celtics-Raptors series. Um, just because how the two teams match up. So I'm definitely excited for that.
0: Yeah. And then um, moving on uh, to the next matchup that, you know, game one is just finished um, a little bit ago between Boston and Toronto and the Celtics swept the 76ers and the Raptors swept the nets. Um, I highly doubt that's going to happen next year because the nets are going to be reloaded, um, you know, with, with Katie and Kyrie again. Um, So I think that the Nets are going to make a lot of noise next year. This was really kind of an off year from the from the beginning. Um, without KD, you know, having just Kyrie with and without KD, I didn't think they were going to make uh, a lot of noise anyway. Um, you know, but but Boston was a real surprise in my opinion. You know, the fact that they swept the 76ers in, in four games relatively easily. I mean, yeah, they were without Ben Simmons, but I was disappointed in the 76ers. Yeah. And I think they're gonna get blown up. I really do. I think that that team is going to either move off of Embiid, or they're gonna move off of Simmons.
1: And I mean, they've already uh, they fired their coach. Yeah, Brett Brown's gone, and that happened really quick. I that's, mean, it's just like I believe a it happened the day after. Yeah, you know, yeah, we and we got and, him out of there quick, and he knew he was on the hot knew. seat.
0: But at the same time, this is something that's been up in the air for the last couple of years. You know, this is something that I feel like the 76ers have dragged out. You know, they've been trying to get, a, you know, an extra season out of, extra couple seasons out of Brett Brown. And, and even when things are going the right way, you know, so I think that it's, it's time for a change. Um, do you think that they trade somebody or do you think they get a new head coach and kind of wait and see how they mesh there?
1: Um, I think, I don't think, I think Simmons and Embiid will stay. I think that'll, they'll stay together. Although they're role players, um, I think that's got to change. I think, Hopefully, with uh, I mean their new coach, uh, which is you know, you know, tough you know. though.
0: They're tied down on cap.
1: They are tied down. You know, they the gave, Sixers. I mean, they gave Tobias had...
0: Harris a ridiculous contract yeah. to keep. Horford
1: him. they signed for a lot of money. No. And he just did not play as well as he played in Boston. No,
0: not at all. I think out of all those players, I think I might be the most disappointed in Al Horford. Yeah. Um, he was a guy that really kind of changed that Boston team. Oh yeah, Horford you know, was huge for the Celtics. He was he, huge, and I mean,
1: he's one of these one of those guys that just. Go out. I mean, he could hit the outside shot. He was good inside. He was a good defender. He just kind of was like a good, a good solid player. He's definitely a pace and space guy. Yeah. You
0: know, he can space out the floor. He can bring the ball up if he has to. He can make a pass. I mean, oh yeah, he, he's a, he's a great player. Yeah, but great player. we just didn't see that from him this season. Yeah, he's, and and in the playoffs. I mean, Horford
1: was coming off the bench at the end of the season. I yeah, mean, on a
0: team where he should not be coming off and, the bench. And, and, and listen, all I'm gonna say is if you're paying a guy a hundred million dollars. To come off the bench, yeah, I think then that that's where wrong. you know that seems wrong. Yeah, listen, unless you have a team where you know, and it's not even possible, but you have five superstars um, starting, and you have another superstar on the bench, mm-hmm. um, then I think then that's where you can kind of say, okay, I'm paying a guy hundred million dollars to come off the bench. Yeah, Al Horf, they don't have a deep enough team, you know, to really kind of validate that. You know, oh. a hundred million dollar player should be a, a a player that really makes a change in your starting lineup, Mm -hmm. um, makes a a change in your team. And I did not see that from Al Horford this year, which really kind of, you know, especially with Ben Simmons being out, I thought that he was going to take that opportunity to really kind of, you know, fit into the role that he was so good with with the Celtics. You Mm -hmm. know, um, when Kyrie was out, Al Horford was able was the guy that you know you can he can bring the ball up he can make a pass to Tatum or Brown and and find an open guy and you know shoot the ball and 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 I thought with Simmons out that he was going to be able to do that really well for the 76ers but he he did not. You know, I was really surprised. Disappointed, surprised. Um, personally I think Ben Simmons is gone. You do. I think Ben Simmons is gone. I think just because of the fact that he he doesn't have an outside shot. You know, mm-hmm. the way I think about it is like this. I think when you look at Embiid and you look at Simmons, Simmons probably will be a person that if you trade, you're going to get more in return for than Embiid. I think Embiid being a seven-foot big man, um, that raises a lot of questions just because of his past injury history. Um, you know. And I think that if you trade a guy like Simmons, who's a little younger um, and can do maybe a little bit more offensively just because he can really kind of, Run with the ball and everything. I think then that is something we um, we could possibly see. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of you know trade rumors going around. You know you never really want to buy into the rumors too early, but the NBA draft is going to happen soon, and there's a lot of teams that you know could be you know in that top five, top ten pick area that you know they start to shop around, and Ben Simmons might be a guy that's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've heard something of, you know, the Bulls maybe possibly doing something for, for Ben Simmons packaging that number four pick. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see, but I think that it can be really exciting. Yeah. Um, I think that this is going to be a crazy off season. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I think just because there's going to be trades and stuff like that and not, not only that, but it's later, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you never know what can really happen at this point. Yeah. Um, in the NBA and the bubble, anything really, but Um, now let's shift because like I had said, they had started earlier, um, today, Boston and Toronto, Boston came out and really handled some business. Oh yeah. The Celtics, Celtics
1: looked fantastic today. I think, uh, granted Toronto was missing a lot of shots that they probably will hit eventually. I mean, when, when the Raptors are hitting from three, they're a tough team to beat. Celtics were doing the exact opposite. Celtics were just nailing everything. Um, without Hayward, they, they look very comfortable. Uh, I think the Celtics have the best team chemistry in the NBA. Um, I just think they're out there to prove a point. I mean, they've got some good coaching, and I think the Celtics, uh, if they played like the if they played the way they did today, I think the Celtics, to be honest, I think they have a chance at sweeping the Raptors, even without Hayward. That's I know it's a bold statement, but uh, I, I mean, I just I think the Celtics are they're they're a team that and they don't they don't really get a lot of credit for their ability to score their offense, and uh, they've got great defense. And uh, the Raptors just – they do don't—they haven't really been impressing me. I mean, Siakam really hasn't been impressing me too yeah, much. Not at all. I know all. They ju- they're coming off a sweep, but Nets, it's a Nets team that, you know, their best players like Levert or something like that. So. Yeah,
0: I mean – and they, they had their way with the Nets. But, like, yeah. I mean, I just – I think they came out really flat. Yeah, you know, I think they, they did too. They did not look good today. Yeah, and, and this is a team that has the firepower. They really do. They mm-hmm. have the talent. They have um, – really kind of – they have everything they, they need to really go out and still defend their title. Um, it's just they they came out flat today. Yeah, they did. Um, I don't know if I necessarily see – I don't know if I necessarily see, uh, you know, a sweep. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, I, I think we could probably go maybe six games, I, I'd say, reasonably, because I I, I don't want to count the Raptors out. I think they're still a good team. Um and we'll see them compete in the mm-hmm. next game, I think they'll bounce back. But I, I just think that if the Celtics were to play how they did today and really kind of just shut them down offensively, I really, really think that you know this could end up in, in their favor really easily. You know, oh, yeah. I could see this game, this series, like you said, going four. I could see it going five. Um, I could also maybe see it going six. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I see it going seven just because I feel like these two teams – they're both really good, and I think one of them is gonna outplay the other, um, in more games than, than not. You know, I think that they'll get it done relatively quickly. Um, yeah. Whoever ends up winning the series. And then I, again,
1: today I think the Raptors got into some foul trouble early, which also
0: hurt them. So I mean, yeah. I just think you still need more from Pascal Siakam. I think I Siakam think, needs to play better. Yeah. I, I don't I think. I think I've been disappointed in his play you yeah. know, since play kind of resumed. I haven't really heard too much about him, um, you know, going off. You yeah. know, he had a crazy start to the season. Um, he was doing really well, and then since the bubble, I think he's just kind of struggled a bit. Kyle Lowry
1: also was uh, like a, he shot like a he's a, he
0: was right. all, he's also yeah. been banged up a little bit too. Yeah, like, though, Lowry, so.
1: yeah, Lowry is one of those guys. But I feel like kind of in the playoffs, I feel like Kyle Lowry just doesn't show up most yeah. of the time. But I mean, they've got a good team. Van Vliet needs to take more shots if the Raptors want a chance. Uh, Van
0: Vliet has really is you know I feel like every team kind of has that heart and soul guy. Van Vliet for them is really that, that oh, guy. Oh, yeah, he's you a grinder. He, he's, he's that grind. guy for them. Um, I think when you get him going, the rest of the team kind of goes yeah. with him. Yeah. So I think if they try to get Van Vliet going early to, uh, you know, in game two, mm-hmm. I think then they'll have a better chance. And this
1: is probably Van Vliet's last year on the Raptors. so. Uh, I think he's due for a big contract. Yo, he's going somewhere. He's, he's gonna going to get paid. Somewhere. Get paid. He can,
0: he's somewhere. He's a starter on any team. Mm-hmm. Um, I still. I believe he does start for the Raptors. He does, but you know he just started on any team really. Um, he's a he's a guy that can if, if given the opportunity, I think he's a guy that can give you twenty points, mm-hmm. twenty and 6, 20 and seven I mean, kind of guy. Good, he's
1: got a shot. He's a good he's a good facilitator, he's and good he's passer. gritty. Yeah, very you know gritty.
0: If, if you listen, I I think what we fail to realize in sports is that grit and grind takes you a takes you a long way. I mean, you saw years ago with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, at their one at one point, you know, I mean they had Marcus Saul, Zach Randolph and Mike Conley, you mm-hmm. know, and Tony Allen. Tony Allen is a guy who wasn't gonna give you thirty points a game, but he was gonna, you know, try and get you thirty steals a game, you know? Yeah. Um with it really just how defensively good he was. Uh Zach Randolph was a guy grit and grind would grab every rebound possible. Uh you know, Marcus Saul, a great facilitator. Um Mike Conley a, you know a grit and grind type of guy too and i think um we see that with the heat this year grit and grind is going to take you far and i think van vliet is due because he's a he's a good player so yeah, we're gonna have players. to see where he where he ends up in free agency but Definitely. and we'll be covering that too so um the next thing we're going to shift uh sports now we're going to talk about the mlb and similar to the bucks uh the milwaukee brewers were one of the te- were the first team really to um you know, start discussions on a possible boycott or protest of their games, too. Um, they talked to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have also, recently they just had something where, um, you know, their announcer had said something on national TV that he shouldn't have, um, you know, that kind of the players were united against that, too, you know, yeah. so then as soon as this opportunity came up where the Brewers presented it to them, you know, they were they were right on board. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really like seeing that. I yeah. really did, you know, um, postpone their games on Wednesday. That soon had a trickle-down effect on the rest of the league's games on Wednesday. Um, you know, and that lead leaded it into the postponement of some of Thursday's games, too, you know. And I don't know if you heard, but did you hear that, that uh, Mets uh, presser? I did, I did, I did hear I, that. I, yeah. I, Listen, if that was from Rob Manfred, I, I think the Mets GM really, I'll be honest with you, I think he's trying to save Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. I think he really messed up and, you know, said that it was someone else. Yeah. Listen, if it was Rob Manfred, uh, the players, it, it tends to be an issue with Rob Manfred. Uh, the players tend to not like him. The players' association tends to have disagreements with him very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just think that he just doesn't do a lot of things that, you know, well as yeah. a commissioner. You I know? mean,
1: you look at... You know, obviously everyone hates Roger Goodell. The I was just about NFL. to say that. But and he does like, a good job sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the NFL, I feel like, is probably the hardest. Like, out of all, out of all, like, the commissioner positions in all the sports, I feel like Goodell's got the ho- toughest job. Um, but yeah, nobody likes Goodell for whatever reason. You know, they all have their own reasons. But. Uh, for me, it's like suspending Brady of those four games for over the playgate but that's not a big deal. because yeah. <laughs> That's in the past, but I feel like Manfred is... You know, uh, and another
0: thing that I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when it came to Roger Goodell was the situation with Kaepernick. Yeah, you know, I think, true. That's another one, yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, the NFL is a predominantly black sport. Yeah. And the fact that you have a player, you know, coming out to speak against, you know, social injustices... And then, you know, you go ahead and you basically blackball him from the league. I, I, I think that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way, which kind of led to the relationship um, players tend to have with Roger Goodell, how, how it's a bit upsetting for them. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, like you were saying, Rob Manfred is just – he's a he's – a... Yeah, I mean, he's going down a
1: path that, I mean, no commissioner wants to go down. And, like, if I'm just comparing him to these other commissioners, like Adam Silver – I think does a fantastic job uh, in his position with the NBA and yeah. uh, you know, just with like his developmental uh, leagues that he's got going in uh, China and the way he's really like globalized. I don't know if that's a word, yeah, but yeah. Uh, like the NBA and really made everybody interested in And I think uh, his relationship with the players, and with the coaches and with uh, team uh, like ownership and management is uh, fantastic. So I think he's kind of the role model. Uh, Manfred, I mean, Baseball almost wasn't even played this year because they couldn't uh, come to they couldn't come to terms on a, on a uh, like a, like a plan for the season, and so the players' association and the MLB players already aren't like not a big fan of Manfred. So
0: and I think that was stupid. Yeah. I think Manfred really kind of he, you know he came out and said that we couldn't have more than a sixty-game season. Mm-hmm. Now listen, Adam Silver had the ball rolling within two weeks. We heard things about there is a possible bubble. They're just going to discuss when and where. Um, They they narrowed down on the site really quickly. Um, You know that was the first thing. They narrowed down really quickly what they wanted to do. Yeah. Rob Manfred kind of lollygagged a bit. You know he he, there wasn't really a set plan in motion, and I think that's why he said there was you know there was no opportunity for more than sixty games. It was because he dropped the ball on it. You know I think that if he had gotten the process started, we could have had a season that started probably in early July, not the end of July, maybe even late June, um you know if the ball was rolling. You know, I yeah. think that um you know, not to mention the beginning of the season where the Cardinals had a, a ridiculous outbreak, the Marlins had a ridiculous outbreak, um you know with players testing positive. And listen, it's going to happen. A player is going to test positive, but when you have 10 or more players and, and with the Marlins, 19 people testing positive in that first week of baseball. Yeah. Um, and then you also had the Chris Bryant coming out saying early on that, you know, they had a problem with the way uh, they were handling the testing and how they weren't getting tested frequently. Mm-hmm. I just think Rob Manfred has had a, a really bad run. And when you – you know, even looking at guys like Roger Goodell, who people don't like Yeah. still, but he does things he, – he does do some things well. And, and Adam Silver – he does do a lot of things well. So I think if you are trying to be a commissioner of, you know, one of the biggest sports in the world mm-hmm. uh, in baseball, you got to look to a guy like um, like Adam Silver. I mean, this guy is – listen, you got to also remember baseball is a global sport. I yeah. mean, you, most of the best players in the game today, you know, think about stars like Ronald Acuna, um, young studs like Luis Robert. I mean, these are all guys that come from, you know, not from America. Mm-hmm. You know, so – and, and and the fact that adam silver got in realized that there's more than just talent in america you know there's talent outside of the outside of america you know pascal siakam i believe is from uh, a country in africa you know guys yeah. around the world exactly um luca uh porzingis you got guys like that and and they're welcoming you mm-hmm. know the they, the nba welcomes them in and has leagues in those um those countries and 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 stuff where players kind of get to you know meet each other early on. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to the sport of baseball, Rob Manfred lacks in a lot of those aspects. You know, that's that's the only downside there. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, to Rob Manfred, he's not really a guy that does things in the players' interest. He's more. Uh, a guy that does things kind of for himself In really baseball,
1: out of the big four baseball's is the most global game there is like even i think so more i think so it's than hockey i'd say because. i
0: i would say i would say the same thing i think it's more global than basketball and basketball yeah. yeah. really oh, is growing really fast on the global stage i mean baseball you got guys like didi gregorius who's from uh i believe he's from the netherlands yeah um you know guys from is from
1: i think like the Caribbean or yeah, something like I that. I forgot exactly where Oruba, but he's
0: uh yeah. he's 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 from, you know, a Caribbean island. You know, you got mm-hmm. guys a lot of players coming out of the Caribbean, a lot of players coming from, you know, America. Um Dominican Dominican, I Demi- you kind know, of Dominicans, yeah. Puerto Ricans, Cubans, uh, you know, the the league is the, is it's probably the player pool in baseball might be the biggest global available talent for a sport, in my yeah, opinion. Person. I think so, too. I you think know, so especially too. when you see the World Baseball Classic. I mean, yeah. ESPN started broadcasting Korean baseball games yeah. because that's one of the top leagues in, in baseball, oh, yeah. you know, around the world. So I think that Rob Manfred, I think his time as commissioner is going to be coming probably closer to an end relatively mm-hmm. soon. I think um, so, too. You know, and, and like I said, if that if that interview uh, or if that press that, uh, you know, event that released with the, the Mets, if that does come back to be Rob Manfred, I think I think eventually we're going to see him leaving the office relatively soon. Um, now, as far as baseball, we're about 35 games in. Um, really great season. I mean, yeah. this is an unbelievable season. Um, we've seen a no-hitter already. You know, shout-out to Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to the White Sox. Yeah. Um, hometown team is doing it big uh, you know, the first no, no of, of 2020 would have almost had a, a perfect game if it wasn't for one walk on four straight pitches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy was absolutely dominant. Um, you know, in, in the top 10 power rankings, I don't want to go all 30 teams deep. I think the top 10, uh, kind of just gives a really good picture. I think next time we do talk baseball, we'll do top 16 just because there's going to be 16 spots, uh, that are in the playoffs now with the expanded playoffs. Um, But top ten, I mean, we got the Dodgers at number one, the A's at number two, the Twins at number three, Yankees at four, Rays at five, Cubs at six, uh, Indians at seven, Braves at eight, White Sox at nine, and the Padres at ten. Who out of those ten are you most impressed with? And Um, I know for you, it's a little hard seeing the Dodgers at first because Mookie is making a – he's a big reason why that team is at number one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Uh, obviously, the Yankees are up there too, but they're struggling with uh, injuries and stuff As like usual, that. That's usual, man. The, yeah, the, Yankees the Yankees just never, never catch healthy. a break. Judge and Stanton are never, literally, never healthy. And listen,
0: like. Stanton, I, I, I think Stanton's a good player, you know. But I think that even since his Miami days, this yeah. guy has been really injury prone. And for you to pay a guy that much money who spends that much time on the injury list, yeah, I think it's it's. It's hard, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a general manager, as a team owner, you look at your team and you say, why aren't we winning championships? And you look and it's because a lot of the guys you have are really injury prone. Yeah. You know, Gleyber Torres has had a really bad start to the year. I believe he's on the injury list right now. A guy that I'm really, like, blown away by disappointed is Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is supposed to be one of the best catchers in baseball, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best hitters, hitting catchers oh, in baseball. Oh, I mean, the guy hits nukes, but I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's batting under 150 this season, um, with under I believe 12 RBIs, yeah. less than six home runs. I mean, this is this is a guy that really the Yankees thought was gonna make you know a huge impact. Yeah, and, and I, he's he's not.
1: Yeah, it's Gary Sanchez. I mean, he's one of those guys that'll just go up there, either will strike out or he'll, or he'll or he'll hit a uh, hit a nuke, and you just never know. And especially like, if a guy's hitting 150. I just don't see like how the Yankees can continue to keep him in their lineup. I know, I mean, there's catching, catching, catcher though. Catcher is like the position uh, where it's like toughest to find a guy, a catcher that can actually hit well. Yeah, you know, you see JT Realmuto and yeah, Yasmani Grandal. Those you know. are like the two guys. Posey, Posey's up there, obviously. But Posey
0: has been, uh, you know, probably. One of the better ones, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's getting older. One of the best ones, like, ever. Yeah. Hitting catchers. I mean, Posey might be one of the top catchers, probably, of all time. Yeah. I I think Buster Posey is a great catcher. Um, You know, Yadier Molina, a guy, you know, who doesn't really hit that great. Yeah. But he's a great leader. He calls really good games. I mean, Gary Sanchez, we're just not seeing really anything out of him right now. Yeah. Gary
1: Sanchez is struggling, like, big time right now. And, uh, yeah, I spent like also if you want to look at the Yankees, you can talk about Glaber's having a season that's not up to like what it was last year. Yeah, Kind of you. Ha- we haven't really heard anything out of out of like from Glaver Torres at all, which just shows. And uh, Glaber like Torres how, is last year was a
0: huge story. Oh, Glaver was hitting
1: like he had like. Almost forty home runs and like yeah. he was hitting over three hundred. Like yeah, just an I mean, insane season.
0: The kid was the kid's a stud, but I mean he's the Yankees just a
1: lost seven games in a row. They yeah. won. They ended their they ended that losing streak yesterday, but yeah, uh, they
0: they got walked off in their own stadium two days ago yeah, against the Mets. Against the Mets, I, yeah, I that's, think. That's, that's, man, that's tough. You don't see that I, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only in twenty twenty are you going to see the Mets playing a home game at Yankee Stadium yeah. and then walking it off on the yeah. Yankees. Um, I, I think it's crazy. I mean. I, I don't know what it is you know that keeps the Yankees at number four. I really don't mm-hmm. um, in this week's power rankings. But you know, I mean they did miss some games. Yeah, that makes of COVID, no but... sense.
1: They shouldn't even be in the top ten after losing seven in a row. Yeah, like, that's I... pathetic that they're up there that high. I think. Yeah,
0: I, I I really just I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Uh, I I really don't. I, I think that once the updated power rankings come out, we're gonna see them drop. Yeah, uh, substantially. Um, out of that top ten. Who who else are you really impressed with besides the Dodgers? I mean, the A's are having an unbelievable season. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, I mean, if you want to like the most like the team, couple teams that I thought, uh, you know, that we thought they wouldn't be up there, obviously the Padres. Padres are playing great baseball. Fernando
0: Tatis Jr. is.
1: MVP Tim, Anderson. Candidate, dude. Tim
0: Anderson, don't get mad at me if you ever hear this, but I think right now he's the best shortstop in baseball. Tim Anderson is? No or Tatis. Tatis. I agree. I, agree. I, I think Tim Anderson's think... Anderson is playing great. And yeah. and every time I see Tatis, you know, I love Tim Anderson. Every time I see Tatis, um and, and, and Tim Anderson, I like to compare these two guys because I mean Tim Anderson's hitting, I believe, three fifty. Um, this season. Yesterday, he just had four hits. He might be over 360 right now. Yeah. He's hitting home runs. He's getting a lot of, you know, on-base opportunities, RBIs. But Fernando, and uh, honestly, I'm going to say him and, and Tatis are the top two shortstops in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, when you just look at the energy these two guys bring, and you look at the, 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 just the difference that they bring to their team. I mean, Tim Anderson was out the last couple days. Or, I mean, uh, a couple days last two weeks ago maybe Mm -hmm. uh, on the injury list yeah and the the Sox are struggling i believe they lost a couple games in a row and as soon as he gets back in the lineup you you see a lot of good things happen i believe they won six straight or seven straight games Mm -hmm. maybe yeah seven straight games i believe so i i really i'm impressed with him i'm I'm impressed with tatis i mean tatis is probably going to be player of the month um i mean he's in that whole 3-0 grand slam listen I don't care. Yeah. Make a better pitch. Yeah. If it's 3-0 and you know you got a guy like Tatis up where he hits bombs, walk him or, or don't complain.
1: I mean, that's like one of the stupidest things that
0: I've, I've it, ever heard. And like, I think, how are you
1: going to be upset? Like, being upset of that, is just, it's just stupid. Like, there's no
0: reason to be upset of that. Exactly. I mean, it's baseball. Like. Exactly. The unwritten rules of baseball is, is really kind of, you know... People. Yeah, the I players mean, they're, they're too relevant to an
1: extent, but, but to I an mean, that's not, I mean, what I think you got mad at somebody for for like, it's, it's a home run. Yeah. They don't, it's not like somebody can just stand up, go up to go, go up to the plate and hit a tot every time. Exactly.
0: But. If it was that easy, how come we don't see everybody hitting 40, 30 home yeah. runs a year? You know, it's not that easy. And if you really look at that video, Tatis did not look like he was trying to hit a grand slam. That no. was not like a grand slam swing. You know, yeah. he he did not put everything he had into that swing. You know, and you could tell, I mean, that was this is just a guy with power. He's on fire right now. And he hit the ball. Yeah. You know, and, and there were I, I believe they were in San Diego when it happened too. What do you expect? I yeah. mean, it's it's a it's a it's it was a beautiful night. The ball is gonna carry, and he didn't really put all that much power into it, and mm-hmm. the ball just carried out. You yeah. can't really get mad at him. I mean, and then right after that, they became the Slam Diego Padres, hitting grand yeah. slams. Every four it, literally games. it feels like every night they hit a grand slam. That was incredible. That's um, that's a. That's a uh, I that's think Honestly, I think that if you were really to look at the numbers, the probably the pace that we're on because the A's had hit a bunch of grand slams early in the season too. I believe Stephen Piscotti hit a grand slam, uh, for the A's, uh, the first week or second week of the season too, and they had a, I think another one happen. Uh, That same week, too. So, I mean, I I just think that if you were to look at it, probably, we're on pace for a really high number of Grand Slams this season. And I just think that, you know, that goes because you got guys that are hungry and free-swinging right now. Uh, It's a shortened season, so pitchers, um, they're not really making the best pitches right away. Yeah. Um, You know, and I I think they're getting themselves into some trouble, and that's kind of what's leading to it. But, um, I mean, besides i i'm i'm extremely impressed with the padres oh know, yeah a, absolutely extremely impressed manny machado is having a better season um i'm actually really glad because you know this is a guy that came in last year i feel like he was very lazy last year uh, his defense kind of fell off and this was a guy that has been renowned, you know known well known for his defense his crazy plays at third um you know, Tatis missed some time last year. Yeah. With a healthy Tatis and a, and a Manny Machado that's that's hitting the ball well, I mean, they added Trent Grisham, who's playing really well for them, too. Grisham's awesome, Tommy yeah. Pham. Uh, I believe Tommy Pham got hurt, though. Hosmer's having a fantastic year, which, is, which is nice to see. I like yeah, Hosmer. He, He's a great player. Hosmer hasn't really been... Um, he didn't have a home run today, actually. He hasn't been that effective, really, in the last couple of years he in struggled. San Diego. He, he struggled. struggled for a bit. Uh, the last time we really had him... S- you know, we saw him have a really good season. It was with Kansas City, yep. you know, and and I think that you know now he's he's playing exceptionally well, um, you know. Next to Tatis He's hit two grand and, slams this year, I yeah. So I, I think it's I think that the Padres are having a great year too. Machado's Listen, playing well. The team that I'm, you know, and I'm gonna be hometown kid here. I, I think the White Sox are the one of the most impressive teams in baseball. Um, I think that when you look at it. And see the division that they play in with the Minnesota Twins uh, and the Indians. You know, I'm gonna say that the AL Central might be the top division in in the league. In baseball, um, yeah. I, I think when you really go down and look at it. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. The Amazing. West is really kind of the A's and the and the Astros. The Astros yeah. are struggling really, heavily, you know, really badly in the beginning of the season. Uh, kind of came back to fight, and uh, you know, they're they're competing for. A, Playoff spot now, but, um, you know, I think besides that, you know, the the AL East, I mean, you got the Yankees. Uh, Tampa. 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 Tampa's, Tampa's good. Tampa's
1: leading that division by, like, yeah. seven games.
0: You know, but not only that, in the, you know, the AL Central, too, you go ahead and look at it, the Tigers. I believe the Tigers are going for the sweep on the Twins this week. Yeah. You know. The Tigers um, are 500,
1: they're 500-team, 500 and yeah. I, I, can't, I couldn't even name five guys on that team. To yeah,
0: be I mean they they're a good team and they just brought up Casey Mize yeah. uh, who's a stud by the way um he made his debut i believe a week or two ago against the, two. against yeah. the uh, White Sox too so um you know the the Royals listen the Royals may be a bad baseball team but they're they're pretty good i mean yeah. they're a scrappy team you know um so i i really just think that you know and then when you see uh, you know, stud in Luis Robert. You know, you see guys like Tim Anderson. You guys see like a guy like Mankata who just went on, uh, who, who missed today's game because he's had some bugging, you know, leg injuries with mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, I just think White it's, Sox, The
1: White Sox have potential. I mean, they could go all the way this year. It's really anybody's anybody's uh, season. That, now,
0: uh, I have one question for you. Yeah, trade deadline. It's yeah. coming up. I believe it's five days away. Guys like Lance Lynn. Are projected to be on the move. Uh, I believe there's two teams in on him right now. I believe it's the. I heard a rumor that it was the Twins, mm-hmm. possibly, because um, it's a it's a second team in the AL uh, Central. But the first team in the AL Central is the White Sox. Um, Padres, I believe, are in on him. The Blue Jays, I've also heard, are calling about uh, Lance Lynn. Lynn's been
1: fantastic. I mean. I mean, he has actually
0: year. A 1. He really came. six ERA. Yeah, well, yeah. 4-0.
1: Nobody's touching Lance Lynn. I mean, especially like last year either. I mean, nobody, nobody could hit him. So, uh, and that's something that, you know, like, obviously everybody needs good starting pitching. And if you want to make a run, you have got to have three like solid pitchers that can go out and pitch, pitch, pitch a good game for you. So, the White Sox uh makes sense. It makes sense. They've got the pieces to move uh move guys. I mean, they still have a good farm system.
0: Yeah, they do. Um. The and thing the, is, I they're in position to go all the way, so why not? Not only with the White Sox, I just feel like with any team right now, the biggest thing you have to really, really think about is what are you really going to get from this guy? You know, are you going to get control? I think that's a big thing. I mean, it, I, I, I don't think I, I'm going to see, you know, in other seasons, you know, you may see a guy that gets traded, you know, in July, and you still get about a month and a half of baseball, two months in, uh, out of baseball, you know, from that guy. Yeah. I just. Don't really think, man, that teams are going to mortgage their future, you know, for a, a, a guy who may not be with them in two months. Yeah. You know, and no, I think definitely. that's the biggest issue. Lance Lynn, though, I do see him going to a team um, elsewhere just because, you know, outside of Texas. Um, I just, I see him getting traded. He does still have a year left on his contract, so I think that's going to be a selling point for some teams. Uh, he wouldn't be an automatic rental. Um this season, so I think that would be, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna see, we're gonna probably see Lance Lynn move. Um, other players I'm really impressed with Shane Bieber, man. Oh, Beaver's... yeah, Bieber. Sunny Gray, Shane Bieber, these Trevor Bowers, Trevor Bower. Cool. I mean, these guys are pitching excellent. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I just I think this is a crazy year. Mm-hmm. I think that this shortened season is really kind of gonna showcase the best of these guys too. You know, I yeah. think that you know we may see some guys struggle but we also may see some guys shine brighter than they ever have and i think that it's going to be really really exciting to you know watch the rest of the season go on now in a shortened season with teams getting this hot who you got in the playoffs um give me i think it's i think it's going team to be an underdog AL team. and one team from the NL. all
1: right from the AL i see Tampa making a run i think i think Tampa i think Tampa comes out of the American League and i think I think I just don't see anybody getting past the Dodgers. They're just too deep. They've got too really? many guys. I, Bellinger's struggling, but Mookie, is Mookie's doing what Mookie does. They're pitching Dustin May. They brought on this year. has been lights out. Kershaw's getting healthy. Uh, I mean, I just don't. I just do not see anybody else. Anybody else getting past them? I think I don't think I don't think anybody can match up with them.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think for me, I mean. In the AL, I think it's hard. I'm, I, am I'm gonna say the Sox. Um, I'm gonna say the Sox make a real World Series push if they get last line. Yeah, I think that's the only way. Um, right now, I think you're you're starting pitching with the Sox. They're relatively good. I mean, Gilito has been been really good. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Keiko has been a, a huge surprise and in my opinion. Awesome, Keiko yeah. has been on fire. Um, he pitches really well. You know, the guy's a great veteran lefty. He mm-hmm. plays good defense on the mound, too. I mean, he, he's a ground ball guy. You know, he's, he's, he doesn't really get himself into a lot of trouble either. You know, they got a guy like Dylan Cease, a young pitcher. Uh, but really kind of outside that, you know, they just brought up Dane Dunning for today's game, too, uh, his second start. Um, I think they have a good staff, but mm-hmm. I think their five definitely needs help. Oh, yeah. You know, having either Reynaldo Lopez or Gio Gonzalez as your five or even going to a bullpen guy like Matt Foster for two three innings, I don't think that's going to work in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it I, takes
1: it takes everybody to win a World Series. Uh, and, like we've seen in the past, I'm just going off recent memory in 2018 when the Red Sox uh, when the Red Sox won it, they had five like stud starters. Like, I mean, yeah, they could go out like Nate Evaldi was their was their fifth starter. And yeah, he he pitched. He was. A, I think he might have been the their MVPs. best pitcher.
0: Yeah, he might have been their best pitcher that year that they won. I mean, the World he series. came
1: in. It was game game four of the World Series. Uh, or no, it was game three. It was game three. The Red Sox were up 2-0 in Dodger Stadium. He came in like the eighth inning, and he literally pitched eight innings. They, that game went to 16 innings of shutout baseball. Yeah. He finally gave up a run on the 16th. But just performances like that, uh, I mean, you just need that if you want to win. It takes literally everybody. I mean, yeah. your bench bats, like when it comes to pinch runners, pinch hitters, your bullpen arms, everything has to be uh, flowing and uh so pitching is, pitching yeah, and, is everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, like I said, if the Sox get that that certified number five starter, I mean, Lance Lynn is a guy that you can put at the you know one or two spot, really, yeah. with the Sox. I mean, you 100%. can put him I think he's either above I... Giolito or you can put him right below Giolito. Yeah. Um, and then you just move Keiko maybe down one. You move um, Dane Dunning and Dylan Seas down one. I personally think Dane Dunning should stay in the rotation. I yeah. mean, this guy in five – I think he pitched – five innings his first start with seven K's. Yeah. His second start, I believe, in five innings he had six Ks or seven Ks too. Um maybe 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 six. I believe it's six, but I mean the kick can pitch. Yeah. I mean Reynaldo Lopez has struggled. Um Gio Gonzalez is a guy that's kind of shaky. Um I, I think if they get Lance Lynn, I think that might be the thing that puts him over the top. I mean MLB network was saying they might give the AL crown to the Sox at this point, you know, with their offense and their defense right now. Yeah. Um, I think outside of the AL, I think, like you said, the Dodgers, man. I think the Dodgers are really good. I think Mookie Betts is having himself an amazing year. I think Bellinger needs to pick things up. Uh, having a guy like Bellinger producing, right, you know, with Mookie, yeah. I think that they would be unbeatable. I think right now, if you were to put them in a seven-game series... Um, you know, against the best of the AL, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think they might lose because I think Bellinger has been uh, a little bit underwhelming this season. Um, I think to really be the team that they envision themselves to be, I mean, they just gave Mookie a a huge contract too. Um, I think for them to really be the team that they envision themselves being, a championship winning team, you got to have these guys playing on all cylinders. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think if, if he picks it up, I think they can do some big Some big things in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and then, um, you know, but let's shift real quick um, to the NHL players. NHL players Matt Dumba, Evander Kane criticized the NHL for their poor reaction in response to the Jacob Blake shooting. Yeah. um, As they were the only league to not postpone any games Wednesday night. uh, But they did respond by postponing all games on Thursday uh, based on what was a player-led decision. Um, MLS teams postponed games on Wednesday following the Jacob Blake incident as well. Uh, WNBA followed suit. The NFL seven teams canceled their practices on Thursday in response to uh, you know other teams around the league postponing their games. Um, you know some teams want people in attendance though. Yeah. You know that is something we're starting to hear. Uh, baseball we've been starting to hear that a couple teams have you know kind of started talking about you know maybe getting some people in attendance. Do you think that's going to work right now?
1: I don't think it will. I mean, a team can want fans there. I'm sure every team wants fans there. Uh, but, I mean, there's just too many levels that it has to go through. Uh, I mean, it's it's a governmental issue, to be honest. It's it's out of the league. I mean, the league, like, I mean, t- Toronto, the Blue Jays can't even play home games. They can't yeah. even play home games because the government won't allow it. So there's levels uh, above sports where I just don't think it'll get through. Uh, I mean, we're not really seeing any change in COVID or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't think it can happen right now.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I see it happening. Um,
1: Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. I wish I mean, it could.
0: But. Listen, I, I wish I could have gone to a lot of games this summer. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's every time I'm back in Chicago. I mean, that's what I love to do. Uh, you know, go to as many games as possible, try to travel and go to some new parks and stuff. Um, but, you know, that couldn't happen this year. And I think that they shouldn't be in a rush To do so yeah you know i think that the players have enough i mean it's a 53 man roster right so you are already at a point where there's a lot of people you're around Mm -hmm. uh you know not to mention the coaching staff that's probably 20 to 30 people deep you know with all the assistants and the coaches and i think if you really get down to it on that field there's going to be 100 players on each each side you know so there's a lot of people in in a in a football stadium um, and having fans even at a limited capacity is just an unnecessary risk that yeah. shouldn't shouldn't really be taken, you know, in my opinion. So um, I don't think I see it happening either. Um, now, the season is supposed to start on September 10th, um, you know, barring any setbacks, with the Chiefs taking on the Texans in the opener. Yeah. Thoughts? Um,
1: I think – uh the chiefs i mean obviously we know with patty signing that big deal uh
0: 500 million yeah they're
1: they're the team to beat in the afc and uh i mean i don't see i don't think the patriots are going to pose that big of a threat this season although there is a lot of question marks there
0: um yeah about but, that what do you think about cam i mean uh cam just came out and said earlier this week that he doesn't feel like the like the number one starter
1: um I mean, he's, I he's think that's how it should reps, be. That's how it should be. I feel like that's... I mean, Belichick's running that team. Belichick is not afraid. Belichick has no pressure put on him by the by Kraft or any of the owners. And, uh, I mean, he, Belichick isn't going to... He's not going to favor anybody. Yeah. I mean, he's always been... He's always been, you know, a traditional coach. He just he's everybody guy is treated he, the same no matter how big of a profile He's they
0: been have. the guy that, you know, almost really kind of that really kind of got rid of Tom Brady. Yeah, really, you know? to be honest. So, yeah, I so. mean, if he's not rid you know, if he's not scared to get rid of Tom Brady, yeah. um I think that He's not afraid to put Cam on the, the bench, back, you know. And I'll be completely honest with you, I don't think that's a bad thing though. I think it keeps Cam hungry. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. Cam, cam really has to prove himself this yeah. year i mean he's gotten a lot of hate um, some of it unnecessary um I just think that cam is a guy that really really could have a really good year this year mm-hmm. you know I think playing under Belichick might be really great for him uh, he'll learn how to be a real complete quarterback and, and play and one of the you know for one of the best coaches of all time you know I think yeah. he'll be able to learn a lot under him and it'll be exciting you know um I'm kind of excited to see how that's going to go Definitely. Um, as far as the rest of the NFL, before we wrap things up, what do you, uh, what do you think there? Let's give some early predictions. Who do you think uh, is going to be a team to watch? And then a couple teams to watch.
1: Uh, well, obviously Tampa. I'm super excited to watch Tampa Bay. I think that they have, uh, you know, obviously Tom Brady and maybe they're the receiving... most lethal offense. I think they do on paper. They've got the most lethal offense. They've got the best receiving core. Uh. It just kind of, you know, I don't know how their defense will play. But their offense, they'll be able to put up points unlike anybody else. Uh, Obviously, them playing the Saints a lot. They'll be playing the Packers probably twice this season. Um, Or I don't know if they're in the same division. No, uh, Packers
0: are in the North.
1: Yeah, they're in the North. So they won't play the Packers twice. They'll play the Packers once, though. So it'll be fun to watch that Drew Brees, Brady, uh, Rogers, Brady matchups that we haven't really been able to see that often because uh, Brady was in the AFC, obviously, so. Uh, obviously, t- uh, t- Tampa Bay. Um, I'm trying to think of a team out of the AFC. It'll be fun. I think the Bills have a chance to be uh, to be. I mean, they're low key the favorites of the AFC East yeah. uh, this year. So,
0: especially now with the Jets losing Jamal Adams. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I was really shocked. Yeah, you know, it'll be fun it, to watch
1: the Bears too. I, I, am yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll play because they have a lot of pressure on them. I'm I'm
0: extremely extremely concerned with the Bears. I, I mean. I just don't know yet what they're gonna do. I mean when you have a guy like Foles and you have a guy like Trubisky, I mean it should be relatively a clear cut decision as to who should be the starter. Yeah. Um, based on recent years play. Um but they don't. I mean but I mean that's kind of the exciting part about training camp. Yeah. And then before the season starts. Um so we're gonna have to wait and see. Um Personally, for me, I'm gonna say the Bucks. I mean, I, Bucks. I I would love to see the Bucks. You know that that offense is just it's too crazy. Um, Gronkowski, uh, you got Chris Godwin, um, Chris Godwin, um, Mike Evans. I mean, you got. True, I, I totally true. forgot about Gronk being on that team. Yeah, too, yeah, I mean, when you have when you look at that team on paper, they like I said, they might be the most lethal offense in baseball. Yeah, definitely. So. So yeah. Um, uh, it, it's going to be a fun year, though. It's going to be a really, really fun year. And, um, you know, we're going to keep producing really good content for you guys and more frequently now that we're uh back settled in and, and just stay tuned. Yeah. Um, Also, want to give a huge, huge shout out to our graphic design guy. Yes, um, big time. Man, this guy, he's going to... If you guys love, you know, interactive pictures and, and, and stuff that's going to get, you know, the, the fans engaged. That's what we got now. We're we're firing on all cylinders now, and we're going to keep coming at you every week uh, with new episodes, new posts. Uh, so just stay tuned. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. Um, and we're going to have a lot coming for you this year. So Definitely. it's Brandon. That's Satchel. Yep. And we'll be back on Figures of Sport next time. Peace.